It's early in the 90s. I don't mean 1990s. We have to go way back for this. The actual 90s. The church is worshiping. It's established. It's coming together in what were synagogues and house churches to meet. It has the scriptures, the Old Testament. It has the gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It has Paul's letters, his epistles to the churches and Peter's and others. Rome has burned. Jerusalem has fallen. And John is exiled on the island of Patmos by the emperor Domitian. And John begins to write then in the 90s his gospel and his epistle letters. And it's interesting that as you look through all of those documents and then finally Revelation, John carries this theme that you hear. You hear those words in his gospel, the disciple whom Jesus loved. And you hear in his epistle, let us love one another, for God is love. And those who love dwell in him. Today's letter that we heard earlier, the epistle, starts with those same words that John has as that echoing theme again and again. See what great love the Father has lavished on us. It's that overwhelming truth that just grips John in such a way. We are loved by God through Jesus our Savior. God has made us his children through our baptism. John goes on to say, to make that statement to you and me, that is what we are, children of God. And So I guess I'd say then, do we look like our parent? Well, kind of. Heredity is one of those interesting things. There's always those arguments that go on between biological and environmental heredity. And have you ever laughed? I know in our family because... We have members that are adopted when someone says, wow, they really look like their parents. We smile. We say, well, that's just the environment. You begin to take on that image of the people that you live with. You know, John kind of is saying that this morning in these words when he said, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. What we will be. You see what John is saying there, our baptism has allowed us to take on the environmental heredity of God. It's the legal part of being children of God. The adoption has taken place. We belong, we are children, we are in the will. And as children of God, led by the Holy Spirit, we have begun to imitate family traits. Family traits that come through the gifts of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and endurance. But above all, we have begun to imitate and to take on into ourselves the trait of hope that comes to us through the gospel. This is that hope that John lays out when he says, but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. The day is coming 
We will obtain, finally, biological heredity. We will be like Jesus. But more than that, we will see him face to face. Those things that we hope for now, that we look forward to. I want to show you a picture on the screen of a chest. It's not just any chest. This belonged to my grandmother. She put treasured items into this chest. China, linens, lace, heirlooms, stuff. Stuff that she hoped that she would someday pass along to her children. And all the stuff that she gathered and all the stuff that she collected had an anticipation in it of what might happen someday, of being married, of having a family of her own. Some of you know what this chest is called. It's called a hope chest. Most people don't have hope chests anymore. In fact, our society would tell you it's kind of, seems like it was a misplaced hope to center around finding a man to fulfill your life. Men aren't necessarily the fulfillment of your heart. Of course, that's not true for my wife, Sarah, but for the rest of you. This chest was a place where hope was stored. You know, as human beings, we are hopers, people of hope. And there are still those basic hopes that people have as they grow older to get married, to have children, to send them to college. Maybe even the hope that once they're done with college, they won't come back to live with you forever. That's a hope that many of us have. There are other hopes that we have, like little kids on Christmas morning as they see the presents, hoping that what they ask Santa Claus for will be in one of those. You see, our hearts are little hope chests, and it matters what we choose to put into that heart, into that hope chest. It matters whether the hope that we want to put in there is real, because as I said, we're hopers. We need hope. And if we live without hope, it can destroy us. You know, the Nazis were known for the cruel things that they did in the prison camps during the Second World War. One of the things they did was kind of an experiment to them to see if they could totally demoralize people. They took the prisoners and they had them dig a hole and pile up the dirt. And then they moved them and had them dig another hole and pile up the dirt. And then they had them go back and fill in that hole and dig another hole and fill in that hole and dig another hole and fill in that hole. It was an exercise to destroy hope. And the prisoners realized that the work they were being asked to do was totally meaningless And what it showed was that those prisoners who were engaged in that meaningless, hopeless work, they saw would begin to die faster than the others because they'd lost hope in that meaningless work. You see, it's critical for our lives that we have hope. And in our world, there are many things that are offered as hope, things that we can place that hope in, but are they necessarily the right things? I think, for instance, maybe of the lottery or gambling in general. It's built on hope. It's built on the hope that you will be able to beat the odds. You will win. And so we hope when we do those things. We had a relative who won $10,000 in the lottery once, and 
called to say, you know, Steve, I've got a theological question. Is it appropriate that I should tithe off of these lottery winnings to the church? You know, I said, well, you know, I don't have in my own self a real positive view of the lottery or of gambling, so I think personally you need to give the whole thing away. And I said, and really, if you're going to redeem that whole thing, maybe you should look to give it to somebody, maybe a relative that you know that's in full-time ministry. <laughs> she didn't. <laughs> but you know, the hopes that we have in the world are temporary hopes. And they live their, themselves out in the maybes of life. For instance, maybe I can be a professional athlete someday. That's my hope. Or maybe I can be beautiful when I grow up. Maybe I'll be smart. Maybe I'll be rich. So we put our hope in the wrong boxes. And it can't deliver. But John says, our hope. Because we are children of God is in the gospel. It's in Jesus Christ. Our hope is in the fact that Jesus came and Jesus died and Jesus took away our sin and Jesus rose and Jesus gives us eternal life and Jesus will raise us too and we will be like him. And John says this hope, this hope is pure. It's not going to fail us. It's not going to let us down. We are not going to be disappointed by it. Because disappointment happens when we place our hope in the wrong thing or the wrong place. You know, there's many of us here today that life has taken turns that we never expected. Things that we put our hope in that have disappointed and let us down. Maybe your hope was to be married until death parted you, but the other person wasn't in it for that. And now you're alone and wondering what happened. Or maybe your hope was to never have to worry about having a house or a car or a job or paying bills. And then the bottom fell out. And now you're unsure and you don't know where to turn. And maybe... Your hope was to have a brilliant career. It was a picture in your mind of what you were going to do the rest of your life. But as you watched, others moved ahead before you did. And now you're just kind of bitter at the way it's all turned out. Maybe you did get that career. Maybe it's wonderful, but it demands from you all the effort and all the time that you have. And you're there almost forever. And your family that hoped that you would be part of them begins to drift and lose their way and wondering where you are in that relationship. Or maybe your hope is represented by one of these candles today that we have lit, that someone you hoped in life would still be here with you. You see, the hope where we place it into things, into people in the world, will always disappoint us. That's why John says we have this hope. Not one of those hopes, this hope. Because it's not about a situation, it's about who we are. 
we are children of God. It was done for us in the waters of our baptism. It bound us to the family. It bound us to Jesus. And while we may not see it now with our physical eyes, the eyes of faith, the belief in Jesus tell us that we will be like him. And we will be with him. In a place where there is no death and there is no sorrow, and there is no pain, and there is no disappointed, and there are no misplaced hopes. We know this. The gospel proclaims this to us. It reminds us of this. That in the world where we misplace our hope, the world that doesn't know of this sure and certain hope that we have in Jesus Christ, that the hope in us lasts forever. You know, the world with its misplaced hopes doesn't know where to turn for that sure foundation that you and I have. Doesn't have that place around them to know the hope that we have. And so we must show them. And we must tell them And they must see it in our identity as children of God being lived out in situations that that hope that is in us, the hope that comes through the gospel, the hope in Jesus Christ may show in our lives and in our actions who we belong to. That we have a Father who has lavished on us his love, his eternal love, that he watches over us, that he guards us, that he protects us, that he blesses us, that he provides for us, that he has a plan and a place for us. We have this hope. It's bound in love to us. God's love for us. The love that comes through Jesus Christ, our Savior, Because he has made us his forever. It's a hope that doesn't disappoint. It's a hope that is everlasting. And it's a hope that will one day be replaced with sight. When we stand before our Savior and our Lord. With those who have gone before us. To sing those words that we have sung today. To give him praise and honor and glory for the victory. For the hope that is fulfilled. For the finality of being with him. And being his children forever. You pray with me. Jesus, we have this hope. Hope that comes from you. Hope that is sure. Hope that is lived out because you have made us your children. We are brothers and sisters with you. You lavish on us your love and your grace. You surround us with people to support and to strengthen us. May we always place our hope on you. Because if it's on you, we will never be disappointed. Use us, Lord, in this hope to be lights in the world, to proclaim your grace and your forgiveness and the hope that we have placed in your cross and in an empty tomb. We ask this in your name. Amen.